What's up? And welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life. Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body, and your bank account. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. Good morning. Good morning, you guys. Okay, let's say good morning. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. Let's, let's get, get to the questions. Okay, first question we have today is from Tina Reby. We learned how to say her name, Reby. Iowa. From Iowa. What are your views on fasting? This is actually great because somebody asked about it. What are your views on fasting? Do it. Don't do it. Why? Well, here's my question to you. What's the intention? What's the intention? And you guys, this is why so many people struggle with weight loss because they hear this thing about blah, blah, blah. And this thing about blah, blah, blah. And they think that this is what they need to do. Shiny objects. Right. Exactly. Like you get distracted. Like what is your intention for intermittent fasting? I can only help but to assume weight loss. Well, then we need to ask you a number of other questions. For one, Tina, you and I, we had this conversation. Fasting in Tina's case is not the ideal route because her metabolism is already like completely like shot. And also like her relationship with food needs some improvement, right? And look, you guys, everything works if you work it. That's what it comes down to. Keto works, intermittent fasting works, right? You just have to, for one, ask yourself, what is my purpose for doing this? And why am I choosing this route? Also, the next question that you need to ask yourself is this. Can I do this for the next 10 years? If the answer is no, then don't you even bother starting with it. And that's why so many of you guys are struggling because you're looking for this magic. Guess what, you guys? You're the fucking magic. You are the magic. You're the magic. It's not because of intermittent fasting. It's not because of keto. It's not because of macros. It's because of you. It's because you followed through or you didn't follow through. Yes. Every one of these shiny objects or these like fancy kind of strategies, for one, in the business industry, if you want to stand out, you have to be different. So one of the ways that people become different is they make up these fancy kind of diets or programs or regimens. And you know, the way that they market it is very appealing. And so then everybody tries it. Everybody jumps on the wagon. They're like, Oh my God, you know, Julie lost 40 pounds in two months from doing the whoop-de-doo diet. Whoop-de-doo. From doing the whoop-de-doo diet. But whoopie pies. Whoop-de-doo. Julie. And then, oh yeah, what we're not going to tell you is that because Julie couldn't sustain the whoop-de-doo diet, Julie gained back all of that 40 pounds plus another 15. Is that what you want? That's what's not marketed. So you have to ask yourself, what's the purpose? And is it something that I would want to do long term? And you know what? I want to take it one step farther. When you guys go to sleep at night, do you wake up like every two hours to go eat? If not, Each and every one of y'all are already intermittent fasting to some degree. (laughs) Like, however, for women in general, okay, the reason why intermittent fasting is not ideal for the general female population is because females, you guys, you're too fucking attached to your food. 
right? It's like dating a really terrible partner who treats you like shit and you keep on going back to them. No, dude, like you need to fix your relationship with food. And when you are taking more away from it, what happens is that later at night, you're going to eat like a monster. So like, again, if you can't follow through with it for the next 10 years and don't even bother from, you know, my own personal experience coaching others, intermittent fasting could be more beneficial for somebody who is like extremely advanced in their journey and they're like you know i want to use it as a test i want to take it to the next level and see what because if you're really advanced you have no attachment to food like you could do this with your eyes closed you're so disciplined you could do this for 365 days and you're doing it simply for like you know science but most women for one most of y'all i don't care what you do most of y'all are beginners because your relationship with food fucking sucks And the reason that we wouldn't only recommend it for somebody who's advanced too is because when you stop doing it, you're not going to go buck wild into some crazy shitty habits. Yeah, you need to have an exit strategy. If you haven't practiced what the exit strategy would be for long enough for it to be autopilot, then you're not going to successfully come out of anything like that. For anybody who's looking to grow their muscles or that sort of thing, I also do not recommend it. Because it exposes you to a greater deficit. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be at a surplus, but, you know, for the most part, your chances of being at a deficit is greater. Therefore, metabolically speaking, long term, is that ideal? That's questionable, right? But by the end of the day, this is what you need to ask yourself. What is my intention for doing this, right? Why am I considering it? And can I do it for the next 10 years? If you're like, uh, then already like drop it, drop it. Like this is your ego trying to say, yes, I'm really great at things. I'm an A student. No, yes, dude, I really like you haven't followed through, right? Like, and that's not to say that you have to do something the exact same way for 10 years. That's saying, if you don't think you could, don't start there. Yeah. Cause it's going to be too rigid. You're going to want to go out with friends at some point when you're supposed to not be eating and everybody's going to be eating and you're going to be miserable. Something is just, it's not going to work. Yeah. And with all these answers, there's always two sides to the coin. We're giving you the most common side. Yeah. And the more dramatic and passionate we get, the heavier that side of the coin is. <laughs> okay. Next question from Sarah Peace. Oh, in Pennsylvania. Okay. I have been having cramps, mostly in my left calf muscle. It's been a long time since it's happened. It woke me up at night, but recently with this past week, it started again. I know that's probably due to my increased activity and I've been stretching, maybe not enough. What are some things I can do to ease this and maybe stop it from happening at all? Thanks, ladies. You rock. Hashtag Erin and E-A-N motion takeover. She tried. Yeah, nice and motion takeover. That's sweet. Well, it sounds as if you have some mineral imbalance. That's what it comes down to, right? And, you know, what I would recommend is, you know, maybe adding a little bit of Himalayan salt to your water. You know, I personally, I prefer just taking the X-Endurance Hydro Sticks for hydration. You might have some kind of like a magnesium imbalance. However, like the only way to know is a blood test. So I would recommend start with hydration. We know that Pennsylvania gets really hot and humid. So it could be the fact that, Sarah, maybe you're just not hydrating enough, Mm -hmm. right? So I would start with that. 
you know, make sure that you're, you know, balancing out your electrolytes. If that still doesn't help and don't do it for one day and say that shit doesn't work. Like do it for at least seven days, right? And, you know, if that doesn't help, then maybe you want to try to, you know, just maybe eat more magnesium rich foods or, you know, do a blood test. If you have a magnesium deficiency, then you will want to take magnesium. I know a lot of people who take magnesium who are actually are not deficient. I'm like, you're actually wasting money and you're throwing it in the toilet because like if you have balanced levels of magnesium, you don't need more than that. You're just going to pee it out. And then the other thing is too, with stretching, like depending on the amount of activity you're doing, if you're doing, you know, every day or five or six days a week of intense activity where there's a lot of like lower body action and you're only rolling out or stretching like for two or three minutes or like a couple times a week, then you could definitely up that activity. Yeah. Next question. This is from Renee Brown from Davis, California. I was so close to Renee Brown. She's going to be on our show one day. Okay. But Renee, I'm just as excited. So she said, good morning. (laughs) So I work nights. I work nights, have a generally irregular schedule, and a high-stress job in the emergency department. Mm -hmm. She's got some stories. I find it really hard to stick to any sort of regimen, whether it be exercise or diet. I do well for a few weeks, but ultimately my schedule seems to kill my motivation. Any recommendations? Thanks. I love it. This is how you control your time issue, which is, by the way, a problem that 99% of you all have. It's not a nutrition issue. It's a lack of boundaries with regards to your time and other things issue. But, you know, the reality is, Renee, is that we need more information about, you know, what your day looks like over a 24-hour span and where are the gaps and what sacrifices we have to make and in order to create more time for what matters and, you know, how we can fill in those gaps. I would recommend that you reach out to Erin Also, if you want, feel free to send us, you know, what a 24 hour, you know, span kind of like looks like, because by the end of the day, you guys, how you spend your time tells us everything about how you live your life. A lot of times people say, I don't have time and it's frustrating and it's very cliche to say, oh, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And you know, really what happens is you spend your time on your priorities and some people prioritize Instagram and Facebook mindlessly scrolling, not learning, not getting any kind of value. Like you guys are listening to this. It's valuable to you. You're learning, you're getting educated, you're being motivated and inspired to move your life in a forward direction. That's positive time spent, right? However, a lot of people mindlessly scroll or sit on the couch on the weekends, Netflix and chilling. And then they say they don't have time. I'm like, yeah, you have time. You just have time to sit on the couch, you know? So really, if you want something bad enough, you find a way to get it. That's how we work as human beings. Yeah. Renee, connect with Aaron and see how we can help you because we need to see like how you spend your time. Like we need more information. Like, but Look, generally, I would say that just based off of the fact that she says, I find it really hard to stick to any sort of regimen. Yep. I do well for a few weeks. If you can do well for a few weeks, you can do well for the rest of your life. The problem is the strategy you're using probably just isn't a sustainable one. 
So that is where I would say the issue lies is it goes back to the answer from intermittent fasting. If it's not something you feel you would be able to do for 10 years, it's not the right thing. It may be too much or too aggressive too soon, but a lot of people think they have to take this crazy, massive, massive action and change everything and not eat a single carb and make sure they're in bed by nine. Make sure that they work out for 14 days a week. Make sure, you know, they drink this amount of water. Make sure they log everything. And we just can't keep up. So you have to ask yourself, what are the things I'm doing? What are the changes I'm making? Because there could be very subtle, simple, non-overwhelming changes that you could be making and sticking to that are going to move you forward. The problem is just that, again, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you've done some kind of keto or low carb or no carb or, you know, counting macros sure, or something where it's like, yeah, of course you're not going to be able to stick to that with your schedule. Look, it doesn't matter how busy you are, how many things are going on in your life. It's life. And you have to learn how to manage so that you can reach your goals and keep your goals and keep moving forward, regardless of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, any conversation that I have with somebody on the phone who's interested in the inner circle, it's that same very conversation every time. Look, you tried to do too much too soon. That's why you have struggled. We yeah. need to teach you how to go step by step by step by step. What's the one thing that you can change that's going to have an impact that you know you could do every single day? Do it for two weeks, then find the next thing. Yeah. Reach out to us. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's helpful for some people, but definitely... More details are, are helpful. Wow. We have the sister of our very own coach, Sarah Novick, Miss Ruthie from Philly. Okay. What are your strategies for dining out at restaurants and maintaining a healthy lifestyle? This is a great question and we have not been asked. That is before. a great question, is Ruthie. Really, who wants to know the answer to that? How do you dine out healthily? So there's a lot of layers to it is the reality of it. And again, it always comes down to what is your intention, right? Like when you go out to eat, what is your intention, right? It has a lot to do with the environment that you're in and... Which includes the actual restaurant and the people you're with. Yep. If anyone. And where (laughs) you're at in your journey, because you have a different tolerance level, right? Based off of where you're at. Somebody who's more advanced has a higher tolerance level with regards to making sacrifices versus somebody who's just starting out, right? So there is all these layers. I want to dissect that just so there's more clarity, meaning that, and I think this is what you mean, the more tolerance you have, the better ability you have to be around foods and things that are not going to serve you and not be tempted to partake. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys how we do it restaurant style. However, it's probably honestly too strict for most of you guys. For one, like... But we can give you suggestions. Yeah. Like when we go out to eat, we simply go out to eat for the experience, not for the food. Food is a plus 100%. However, when it comes to our food, what it comes down to is nobody knows your standards better than you know your standards. And restaurants do not fucking care about your body and health goals. All they care about is, you know, wanting you to come back, wanting you to come back. Right. So like, you know, I really hope that a good restaurant will have a, you know, will make it by, you know, 
giving you food that looks appealing, food that tastes great, and an amazing atmosphere, right? In fact, for us, when we go out to eat, atmosphere is the most important thing. Well, right? actually, okay, so I would say the first thing that we look at is the menu. Yes. Because if they only have shitty options, if we plan to eat, sometimes we'll just go to a restaurant like simply to have a drink so the food menu really doesn't matter. But if we're going out to eat, the first thing that we do is look at the menu. Yep. If they have shitty options, next, like we're just not going to go. Right. But normally a restaurant with nice atmosphere is not going to have like shitty food. Though it is possible. So you're right. The quality of the food is like option one, right? Like are there... You know, step number one is for one, like, are there a lot of dishes with vegetables, right? Like, what's the protein? Like, what are the sources of protein? What are the things they put on the protein? Yeah. What are the sides that come with things? Like, are there good options for you that are going to align with your goals that you're going to enjoy? Yeah. Yeah. And then the atmosphere for us, atmosphere. Yes. But if we're talking about, look, like we, if it's just up to us. We never go to a restaurant that doesn't have good food choices, but then if it's involving other people mm-hmm. and we have the option to choose the restaurant or make a suggestion, we absolutely will because we want it to be where we want to go, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people just say, okay, where do you want to go? Oh, claim jumpers. Okay. And then you just go and it's like, there's no good option. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have a side of broccolini with no butter. That'd be my dinner. Like it just not, everything's like mashed potatoes and like whatever. Anyways, always try to dictate where you go basically is what I'm saying. Uh And then, you know, if it's for some kind of celebration where it's like, you don't, you're not choosing, it's like a graduation or a birthday party for, you know, someone in a family and you're going, that's when it's just going to come down to making the best option you possibly can. Hmm. Choosing the best option you possibly can. Now, again, you get what you tolerate. So If you're going to a restaurant and you don't have good discipline and there's not a lot of good options, your chances of choosing the best option on the menu are slim. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's better to just not put yourself in that environment Mm -hmm. until you're ready. You know, then when it comes to dessert and things like that, it's a matter of discipline Yeah, because every restaurant has dessert and any good server will ask you if you want it. The reality is, is that, you know, when it comes to restaurants, you have to look at a couple of things, quantity quality, and also your tolerance level. Mm, Yeah. Right. And, you know, somebody that I'm thinking about is our, our very own Kathy Uma. Right. And, you know, she admitted, she's like, you know, I'm addicted to sugar. So honestly, like any place that, you know, has, she's overcoming it, that, you know, that, that has a plethora of sugar, you know, it's like putting a bottle of Jameson in front of an alcoholic. Like, why would you want to do that? So you have to consider the quantity of food that you're eating, right? The quality of food that you're eating and also where you're at, right? Like, for example, if you know that like cheesecake is your weakness and you have a specific goal, maybe going to the Cheesecake Factory is not something that, you know, you should do unless you're like, this is my birthday. And like, for me, it will be the greatest thing if I, you know, get to celebrate by having a piece of cheesecake. So intention matters. I have to say something. Yeah. I was thinking about it when you said Kathy Uma said that she was addicted to sugar. And in my head, the first thing I thought is nothing about that. But really, there's a difference between being addicted to sugar and labeling yourself as a sugar addict. Yes. And somebody just commented and said, also a sugar addict. And I was like, shit, I just thought about that. The more you label and the longer you label yourself and identify as a sugar addict, you will always forever be. 
I don't believe anybody is an addict. I don't believe anybody is an addict. I believe we have problems with addiction. Yes. Because you have an addictive personality and that's not a bad thing. It can be very good for you. However, I'm very passionate about this right now because I'm like, you are not an addict unless you say you are and you will forever be. Yeah. And you will forever struggle if you say you are. But you may have a problem with an addiction and that's okay. But when you have a problem with an addiction, you can overcome it. When you are an addict, you cannot. Yep. Difference. Label. I just called somebody. Next question. Maybe one or two more, depending on the depth of this next one. Daisy Davison, not Davidson. Davison. Can you say that again? I believe what you're saying is if you are addicted to sugar, you can overcome it. If you are a sugar addict, you cannot. Yep. If you struggle with addiction, it can be overcome. If you are defined as an addict by yourself or anybody else, tell them to fuck off. Because mechanically, anything can be manipulated. Mechanically. However, if you are identifying as somebody, then you are not going to be willing to create the change. And nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you are identifying yourself as somebody who is stuck, guess what? You're going to be stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not to say to that, like anybody who says, oh, I'm an addict is ill intended and they mean that. But what I want to do is help you to overcome. If you are identifying as an addict to switch it, that's all just to switch the script and say, yeah, I struggle with sugar addiction, but that way your brain knows you can overcome it. If you say, this is who I am, you are going to be that because then your actions will align with who you identify as. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you'll struggle forever. So yeah, like if you've been diagnosed with an addictive personality, look, there's so many diagnoses that I don't think need to be diagnoses. ADD, ADHD. It's called a kid with a short attention span because kids have fucking short attention span. Look, and people say you have ADD and then they give you medication and then fucks you up as you get into an adult. And they're like, oh, you have a problem because you have ADD. No, like I'm a kid and I just can't fucking stay focused. Anything can be changed. The problem is when people get diagnosed, they choose to label themselves. Yeah. Oh, and they believe it. it. And they believe it, right? And that's why so many people who start getting hypertension, right? Like getting sucked into this, you know, like really nasty and sad down spiral of heart disease because they've been diagnosed for having hypertension. Yes, you can reverse that shit. I have hypothyroidism. but, But if you identify yourself as down one, then that's it. You've chosen to accept it. And therefore, you're not going to choose to get out of it. Mechanically, anything can be reversed. Anything can be changed, right? But if you believe it, that you are something, then you're going to be forever stuck. And for I feel like for many people who are watching this, that's probably one of your biggest issues. It's the same thing. If you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. Yeah. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It's the same thing. Same principle. And we get really passionate. And we're not saying like, you know, anybody's... Uh, look, this is the same thing with like hereditary dysfunctions and things like that. Autism is a real thing. 100%. But you don't have to try to dig deep and dive into somebody's brain and subconscious and behaviors and all this stuff to know that somebody's autistic. It's clear as day. And that person means just as much in this world as anybody else. And they're probably really fucking good at playing the piano or you know what I, something. What singing. I wanted to say, what I actually really love about, you know, people with autism. Again, they people love hard. With, I'm not, I'm not identifying. 
also they don't give a fuck they don't they they're don't so courageous and they don't give a fuck it's amazing right like the doctor labels them their mom probably labels them they have a gift they have a gift of not giving no a fuck and that's why they're <laughs> so good at what they do because you guys just because you've been labeled something doesn't mean that you're doomed Unless you're you doing because yourself. you choose to believe that shit. Yeah. Be inspired by an autistic person. Yeah. 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 And in fact, if you've been diagnosed to have an addictive personality by a stupid doctor, right? Then you're welcome. Having an addictive personality is the greatest thing ever. However, most of y'all are just choosing to be addicted to terrible things. What if you were addicted to changing the world? I'm addicted to changing the world. I have an extremely addictive personality, right? When I didn't know how to control it, I was addicted to chocolate. I was addicted to peanut butter, right? Amongst other terrible things. If you have an addictive personality, you're going to have an addictive personality. You just have to choose to be addicted to something positive mm -hmm. to make something positive out of it. Yeah, But sure. you know, that is the problem with the medical society. And if you're an MD, you know, I'm sending you a lot of love and gratitude because conventional medicine is helping a lot. But because of all these theories and all these tests, they love to fit people into a box. And you guys don't ever allow somebody to put you in a fucking box because when you're being put into a box, You're labeling yourself. And if you put the words, I am in front of this, you're doomed. That's it. End of story. Maybe not doomed if it's a good thing. Right. But most of the time it's a bad thing. MJ asked a good question. So you believe that someone struggled with drug and alcohol addiction can become someone who does not identify as an addict. Absolutely. Yes. And we know these people. Because you choose what you identify as. Yep. Men who want to be women identify as women. That's their choice. Yep. Right? So it's the same thing. It's just some struggles are more difficult than other struggles. And addiction is a difficult struggle. That's no lie. Yep. So can you get um, out of it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Back to Daisy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should I still eat even if I'm not hungry? Sometimes my breakfast at 7 a.m. keeps me full until I eat lunch at noon since I'm just getting sitting at my desk and working. So that means like avoiding a snack. I think there's some missing pieces here. Yeah. But when I first read this, should I still eat even if I'm not hungry? Has somebody told you to eat more? So the reality is, is that for each and every one of you guys, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of missing pieces, but for each and every one of you guys, you have to follow a specific meal structure and you have to be consistent with your meals, right? Snacks are always optional, right? Like nobody should ever make snacks be a mandatory thing, right? So like if let's say if you're not hungry for a snack, don't fucking eat the snack. However, if you go into lunch and you're not hungry, you should eat that lunch for a few reasons. For one, because you want to keep the fire burning, right? Like, so think about your metabolism, like the fire. Wait, Daisy's one of ours. Doctors yeah. orders to eat six times a day. Oh, that's right. Because of, yeah. So, so you happen to know. So for true. her, great. Like, again, like you are following a specific structure, which is great. However, if you're not feeling hungry, then don't feel obligated to finish your meal. Each and every one of y'all should follow a specific structure. However, if going into your next meal, you're not hungry, like don't feel obligated to finish it. That's it. Emily said, does the doctor have a nutrition background? Sarit's the doctor. Most doctors do not have a Sarit's, nutrition background. Sarit just so happens to be Daisy's 
doctor though. No, 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 no. She, her actual doctor? She does. Yes. Oh, she does. I thought she was referring to you no, as the doctor. No, no, no. That's no, funny. No, no. Okay. I, just kidding. Here's number one. Always why? Always what's the purpose of it? If there is a legitimate, like yeah, understood there purpose, there is. then yes, do your best to follow through. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I just need to eat six times a day because I read it on Google, but you're not hungry, don't force yourself to eat if there's not an actual specific reason for you to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Makes me think of the times we went to Israel and it was Rosh Hashanah and we were in the Dead Sea and we were at that like hotel and they would do breakfast and dinner at the hotel, mm -hmm. right? And they were massive meals. But here's the thing, because we ate so much at breakfast, we didn't need to eat until dinner. Yeah. Right. So in that case, we would only eat twice a day. Now, is that something we'd recommend all the time? Maybe if it works for you. But at the same time, you have to know what is the energy balance. It's always about an energy balance. Mm -hmm. So and adapting yourself to the environment that you're in. And some people are not hungry because their metabolism is shit. And yeah. so in order to speed up your metabolism, you have to get food in there because what happens a lot of times is that your body doesn't trust that you're going to give it food because you've been so inconsistent in your eating patterns that it doesn't know what the fuck you're going to do. Yeah. So it wants to save and store everything. Your metabolism drops, your body's not burning or using a lot of energy. So you don't feel as hungry when you do start to eat. But, and Stacy, yeah, as a type one diabetic, like there's some instances where that's necessary for you to be eating regularly, even if you're not hungry. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, like if you're, you know, if there's no like medical concerns at the moment, there's no reason you should have to eat that many times a day and just force yourself to it. Mm -hmm. But each and every one of you guys should be consistent with some sort of eating structure. And that does not mean one meal a day, right? It means like a few consistent meals per day. You guys, we need your help. Like we need your help. Can you please subscribe to our YouTube channel? Can you please subscribe to our YouTube channel? And can you share one of our videos and say, oh my God, if you haven't subscribed to these girls, they're the shit. Only if you believe it. Yes. Go subscribe to their channel because you're missing out. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Please. That way more people on YouTube can see that video when they're like, how to lose weight fast, how to intermittent fast. Thank you for all of you who are subscribed. Yes. And thank you for all of you who are going to subscribe. Yes. And share with your friends. We really truly are grateful for every single person. But the reason that we want to see that number go up is because we want to know we're making an impact. And the way that we know we're making an impact is when we see those numbers go up. Yeah. Because we know there's more people watching and there's more people engaging and there is so much freaking free help. Everything we do in the inner circle, not everything that we do, but all of our philosophies that we teach can be found on freaking YouTube yeah. for free.
The problem is that we often get stuck in our own way and that is the value of the inner circle. It's because we're like, ah, all these things and I don't know and then we think we know better and then, yeah. Anyways, so there's so much valuable information on there and the way that we know we're really making the impact that we desire is by seeing that number go up. So, um, you know, if you do watch, please subscribe. Um, if you do love what you hear, if you do find a lot of value, if we have helped you to transform your body or your mind or your behaviors or your lifestyle or your finances or anything, your relationship, please do us a favor. And all we ask is that you share it with somebody else. That's yeah. all. 100%. Also, the higher our numbers on YouTube, the more YouTube shows our videos to other people who are just looking up True. whatever they're looking up, which they're, let's face it, if they're looking up how to enter man fast, I'm like, bitch, you're lost. I want us to pop Because up. you're the magic, not enter man fasting. And if you ever see us hashtag something like lose weight fast, it's because we want the people who are searching lose weight fast to fucking find us because yeah. they need to hear the truth. Right. Right. <laughs> Let's go. Amazing. Yeah. But the reality is, is that we do help people to lose weight fast. The reality is if you are all in and you're consistent, you're going to lose weight fast. Also, if you're breaking a cycle where you've been doing this for 20 years and finally you're like steady, guess what? Even if it takes you a year. Fast! Because you're going in a forward trajectory, right? Even if it takes you a year to lose 40 pounds. Yeah. But got- you keep it off then that means you don't have to struggle anymore. And it was much faster than the last 10 years that you've struggled. And you're 10 years ahead. It's just the reality of it. It's true. The real kind of fast. Hey, Tammy, thanks for sharing. I believe that is our YouTube channel. I, I got to figure out how to make it say youtube.com slash Aaron and Sarit or something. I- we hope that you choose to come up. Hopefully, if you found today's episode valuable, then please do us a favor and share it. If you're watching this on YouTube, I will say this again. Please hit the subscribe button so more people can hear this message. Other than that, we hope that you guys have an amazing day and we will see you guys on the flip side tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsuri.com to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff. And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Aaron and Sarit.